and welcome to Big Nerdy Questions, B&Q. This isn't a voice you're familiar hearing at the start of the show. This is Ed Hayer, uh, and today we have a very special episode for you where you do not need all seven Dragon Balls to get your wish just this once. We're going to be discussing what our panelists think is the best gateway anime, and in tonight's episode I have myself and Rachel is with us. Hello. Also Matt. Destroyer of Gungans, yes. That is the best title you can give yourself. And of course Josh. Hello, everybody. Yes, I'm still here, but you won't hear me all that much this episode, and we'll explain why in a minute. Okay, uh, but before we get to that, we're going to go to Matt, who I believe has a sponsor for us tonight. That's right, Ed. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Japan. Japan! Just because it's weird doesn't mean it's bad. That's a very aptly put sponsor. I'm going to go move along to our big nerdy recommendation for the week, and I'm going to take this one myself. Uh, this one is for the anime fan who has been around for a few years. I wouldn't consider this a, a good gateway anime, but for somebody that's a little more well-versed. Uh, I started watching this uh, last quarter of 2016 and got caught up with Japan. Well over 100 episodes now. The anime is called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And uh, it, it would be almost impossible to you know describe this whole sprawling, multi-generational series but the basic premise is it starts off with a, a family in the 1800s who gets intermingled with this guy named Dio who gets these powers of a vampire. And it, it, it sounds really weird and really abstract, but you follow these family through the course of multiple generations as they deal with evil. And it, it's the weirdest mix of, you know, comedy and like shown in action and, uh, uh, you know, even hearts just thrown into it, and in the most ridiculous, you know, battle stances, poses, attacks, everything, you'll laugh at it, and you'll cry with it, and you'll just enjoy the hell out of it. I think, uh, I don't know if anybody else on panel has seen it, but it's worth at least a shot. The first season's maybe 12 episodes. Might be a good time to mention what Shonen means. Uh, action battle anime, like for boys, stereotypically for boys, young young men. Like Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z or uh, Yu Yu Hakusho or, you know, Bleach, whatever. Um, so we're going to move along to tonight's big nerdy question, which is what is the best gateway anime? Uh, the way that this is going to be set up is before we start, we're going to briefly each of us discuss what we believe are the broad strokes uh, of a good anim uh, gateway anime. I'm going to let Rachel start first. Um, I think a good gateway anime is something that is not – super long and requires an incredibly long time commitment with a lot of supplemental material to understand something that um, if if somebody doesn't like to read subtitles is available dub not all of them are uh, but mostly a good gateway anime would either be um, catered to someone's genre like if someone likes fantasy anime you're probably not going to want to give them a, a rom-com uh, but there are some other anime that are more generalized, not in a specific genre, and those are good to start people off with, too. Okay. Matt, what do you think? Well, uh, I, I really do have to agree for the most part with Rachel. I tend to lean towards things that ask for a, a bit more of a time commitment, because people tend to binge-watch nowadays. Uh, I would say even, you know, five, six years ago, I would, I would have avoided more of a time commitment. But with the uh, with the advent of the binge watch, I'm okay with with more time being taken up. 
But I'm going to try and tailor that a recommendation, usually to the person, because like Rachel said, it, if someone likes things like fantasy, like they like Merlin or they, you know some other fantasy-based uh, live show, you're not going to want to throw them, you know, like uh, a shonen eye or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> I'm laughing because shonen eye is boys' love. Yeah. Ah, okay. It's uh, that, that, that's it, it's, that's boy, its own boy, genre. It's, it's boy boy romance. That's the uh, part of Crunchyroll that I probably avoid. I've got you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I agree with kind of bo- with both what you uh, what both of you have said. Uh, I've uh, recommended uh, anime that are as short as ten or twelve episodes, and I've recommended anime just like earlier with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which are well over a hundred now. It just depends on the commitment. And uh, for purposes of this episode, I'm picking uh, anime that they might fall into specific uh, genres within anime. I think that they appeal widely enough to a, a broad enough audience to be. You know, accepted across the board, and I, th- I think we all three have done that. Uh, so, in, in that yeah. case, in this case, the audience they're trying to appeal to the most is me. Uh, I am the big nerdy proprietor, but my anime knowledge is woefully lacking, uh, which is why yeah, I've got the three <laughs> the three experts here to help me fix that. And this is not just a theoretical discussion, folks. Because the recommendations they provide in this episode are things I am going to try myself and report back to you at a later date. So uh, I just wanted to mention that. So if you don't hear my dulcet tones throughout most of this discussion, I just don't want to appear foolish. Uh, just so that the fans have a, a base idea, have you watched any anime before? And if so, what? Ponyo. That's it? That is it. And only because I went with my sister, who is an anime fan. Other than that... No, I have familiarity with some of the basics of Sailor Moon and Pokemon and Dragon Ball, but very little bit. Otherwise, I am a clean slate. I am the Tabula Rasa or Tabula Rosa of a uh, anime. So the three of you uh, have the uh, potential to mold me into whatever kind of anime fan you want, except for Shonen I. Well, we're gonna make you <laughs> the very best, like no one ever was. Josh, just for a point of reference, did you enjoy Ponyo or not? Yes, I didn't think it was all that exciting, but I thought it was a well-made film. Hayao Miyazaki, even if the uh, the story isn't as engaging in that one to me as the rest of Studio Ghibli films, the animation and the music were all very, very well done in that one, I thought. But anyway, that's aside uh okay so we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of this now we're going to start rachel off with her first recommendation for a gateway anime okay in this case i'm going to recommend um full metal alchemist brotherhood um it's the when the manga was done they quickly made an anime and then the manga didn't finish before the first anime was done so that's the 2003 anime that's you don't want to watch that one you want to watch the one with the subtitle brotherhood that was that was done after the manga was finished so the story actually has a more satisfying ending a more concise ending um i can recommend this one both dubbed and subtitled 
Um, it is available on Hulu in both. Uh, it's one of the, I'm really picky about dubs. I, I do have a degree in Japanese, and I'm really picky about dubs, but I think that the dub for Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood was actually extremely well done, and in good quality dubbing, good, you know, it, the script was good. It was just, it's just good. Um, Full Metal Alchemist Brother. I'm just gonna say Full Metal Alchemist from here on out. Full Metal Alchemist is a great show because it's it kind of dips its toe into different genres. You've got a little bit of fantasy, like a European fantasy. You've got a little bit of stuff you might consider somewhat sci-fi, but it's more of a drama dra- drama with some comedy elements to it. Um, it's not, you know full fantasy or full sci-fi or full romantic comedy or anything like that. So it's it's not a really strong into any genre. There are some stereotypical anime tropes in there, but it's not super anime, if for lack of a better term. Um, so anime, sometimes it's almost like its own genre with its own lingo and its own style and its own tropes that you kind of have to get used to. But this is more... This isn't so deep into the the closet of tropes that that you would be completely lost if you weren't familiar with the whole medium that is anime. Um, it's great for, I wouldn't say young children, uh, it does have some mature elements to it. It's not super, like, adult or anything, but there are some, I'd say maybe PG-13 would be good. Um, adults will like it, teenagers will like it, um... It's good for male, men and women. It's just a, it's a really good show. Uh, to briefly explain what it's about, just because that's the one thing I haven't done yet. Um, basically, it's a world in which alchemy exists, and it all revolves around equivalent exchange, in which, you know, if you're going to gain something, you have to lose something of equal value. And, and, it revolves around an alchemist named Edward Elric and his adventures basically th- through multiple story arcs. I, I don't really want to give too much away, honestly, and the show goes right into it from the very beginning. There's really no, you know, narrative hand-holding. It just kind of dives you right into it. So um, if it sounds interesting, I would I would start there. I think it's a great... Uh, first anime for, for pretty much anybody can enjoy that. I, I'm going to check right now. I believe Full Metal Alchemist. I want to get an episode count. I think it's like 52 or 56. Uh, I know the original one was about that long, and I, I want to go ahead and, and double check because it matters to me. Uh, wow, 64. I was I, off. I was, <laughs> I was incorrect. I know the original one was around 50, but... Uh, Sixty-four I, I, sounds like a lot, but each episode's about you know twenty-two minutes. So. so I do have one follow-up question. If I like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, would I also like the original? You, uh, can I jump in for one second? Go right ahead. Just, just because I'm a big fan, I would honestly suggest watching the original first because I think by comparison it doesn't hold up as well as Brotherhood. That's not taking anything away from the original anime. I thought it was really good, and it had a different ending completely. They did the original 52 or 56 episode run, then they finished it up with a feature-length film that is a very, very drastically different ending than the Brotherhood show. 
I think it's a good anime, and it was groundbreaking, and a lot of us wouldn't have even watched Brotherhood had it not been for the original. But Brotherhood is head and shoulders above the original. Yeah. I, I would say skip the original. My reasoning is, one, there are a lot of central... It's kind of like Game of Thrones, where they cut some characters out of the books to make the show fit. They cut characters out of the original manga for the original series. So there's less characters, so they cut some side, you know, plots out. And also the ending was different. Um, they basically, the manga was so runaway hit that they quickly scrapped a series together, and then the manga was still going, so they made up their own ending. And this happens a lot in anime, I should mention this, when a when a manga is super popular and they want to, like, jump on the bandwagon by making anime for more merchandising and whatnot and more popularity... Uh, if the manga is still ongoing when it's time to finish the anime, they'll just cre- they'll create their own ending. Uh, can I ask just... my first idiot question of the day? Clarify the distinction between manga and anime. You want me so to do it? Manga... <laughs> so manga are the actual like comic books, graphic novels. Yeah, the, the, yeah, and the anime is the television shows. Yes. That's what I thought, but I've heard the two so, conflated before. Manga no, okay. is pr- manga is print, anime is video. That's and, the easiest way to remember. And and for the uninitiated, a, a manga reads the exact opposite that you would typically read a book. It reads from right to left, where you would start at the back of a book, you know, in a regular American printed edition of a comic. That's where the start of a manga is. Mm-hmm. And I remember back in the nineties where. They originally flipped everything, which created big problems uh, for various reasons, especially with any kimono, because all the kimono were improperly wrapped, and that's you don't want to do that. It's big faux pas and uh, and whatnot. So eventually they started doing it the original Japanese way, and then and then when if you if you tried to open the manga and start reading it in the wrong direction, there would be a big front page that said stop. You are reading the wrong way. <laughs> they <laughs> like still print one, those. Like a one way, yeah, like a one Does way. Does it still have the picture of the stop sign in it? No, I think so. They don't do that at all anymore. Really? I thought I got one recently that did. I but might be mistaken. Perhaps, perhaps I haven't I love seen the that giant one. stop sign. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a long time. It, it does, and it, it it even has a little descriptor box in the beginning or the end of most manga that shows you, okay, this is where the speech bubble would be where you start, and then this is how you proceed through the panel. So it kind of yeah. holds you by the hand at the beginning to tell yeah, you yeah. how to read it. So I have seen that. It's not as common as it used to be. It used to be with literally every issue of everything, but now yep. it's not as common. I appreciate your clarification. Thank you. All right, so this one, this one is specifically uh, targeting Josh to watch. This is, uh, it's considered one of the classic anime from the 80s and 90s. And uh, it is a bit longer of a series. It's available on Hulu and runs 161 episodes and three movies. (laughs) You don't have to watch the whole thing to get into it, though. It's called Ranma One Half. And it is, uh, it's classified as an, a martial arts urban fantasy comedy with romantic elements. Hmm. But there's but a hook. It's, it, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's mostly a martial arts comedy. And uh, what it is, is it's about a, a boy and his father who uh, 
are professional martial artists. And the father has an old friend who is a practitioner of the same style of martial arts, which is called uh, Musabetsu Kaktoryu, which is literally called the anything goes style. The, the only rules are that you lose the match if you tap out, are knocked out, or die. Th- th- that's the entire rules. <laughs> but the the two fathers agreed to an arranged marriage between their children before their, before they even had children. And the father and son both fell into a cursed spring while they were training in China. And the curse of the springs is it's a whole bunch of different hot springs. And each pool was cursed so that whatever the last thing to drown and die there, any any living thing that falls into it afterwards takes the form of the last creature to die there. And when they're splashed with cold water, they, they turn into whatever died there last. And when they're splashed with hot water, they turn back into themselves. Hilarity ensues. <laughs> the father fell into the spring of drowned panda, and the son fell into the spring of drowned girl. So the son turns into a girl, the father turns into a panda. And the first episode is the two of them arriving to meet with the father's friend to introduce the children to each other. And it's raining. (laughs) (laughs) And throughout the show, it introduces other people who've fallen into different uh, springs. So you get someone who fell into the uh, spring of drowned goose, and someone who fell into the spring of drowned cat, and someone who fell into the spring of drowned small black piglet. And it's it's pretty funny. I should mention it, that this anime originally aired in nineteen or started airing in nineteen eighty nine, and it was very strange to have a wacky martial arts rom com gender bending comedy sort of thing going on. But that's exactly what it was. I mean, as, it's it's still pretty rare. Of whether or not this is uh, child appropriate will depend on how comfortable you are with your uh, particular child you are raising seeing breasts because there are uh, there are exposed breasts several times throughout it, primarily for comedic effect. Yeah, no sexual content in this show. Actually, almost entirely for comedic effect. Yeah, this sounds pretty good. Okay, well, my, uh, my first one, and I kind of struggled with this one a little bit because, I mean, I think all of us can attest there's uh, so many good ones that you could recommend. Uh, I'm going to pick a more recent anime uh, uh, called My Hero Academia or Boku no Hero Academia, uh, whichever way you want to say it. But this is a – they're on their second season now. It's a more recent anime, as I said. Uh, I think that this would appeal widely uh, to to any audience, really. The premise is – well, I mean, it's superheroes – if there's anything that Western audiences know and are pelted with weekly, monthly, yearly, it's superhero uh, comics, movies, video games, TV shows, whatever. Uh, the premise of this show is in this world, uh, the population starts uh, exhibiting uh, a rapid growth in uh, superpowers being evident in people. And uh, 
this becomes more and more commonplace to the effect of it's more uncommon not to have powers than it is to have powers. Uh, the main character starts out, he doesn't have a quirk, which they call, that's what they call their superpower. And uh, the first season deals primarily with him wanting to be a hero, but not having the power to do it like everybody else does. And I don't want to give away too many, you know, plot points because it's, it, it's something to be experienced in and of itself. Uh, the first season's maybe 12 episodes long, and the second season they're up to episode a uh, total of like 31 between the two seasons as of today. Uh, it, it's a show that has likable characters that you actually get to, you know, really start appreciating them and, and you know, rooting for them. Or if it's the enemy, you're really pulling, you know, you're like wanting the enemy to fall and. Uh, the animation, I mean, good lord, I the animation is top quality. It is fast paced. Uh, very when the action starts, it's some of the best that I've seen. Period. It's uh, it's drawn so beautifully, and uh, I, I just really don't want to give away too much of the plot. And with something as recent as this, it's you know, I don't want to do that. Uh, okay, as far as where you can watch it, uh, Funimation has an app, uh, and again, if you're an anime fan, you would have it, but Hulu has it as well. I think they get the new episodes maybe a day or so after they're released in Japan. And as I said, they're up to episode roughly 31 right now. Uh, I mean, everything about this show is is great. There's no – the story doesn't drag. The characters are all likable and well-defined. Uh, the powers, some of the powers that are exhibited are great. And again, I don't even want to give away some of them because the surprise in finding out what they are is half the joy in the first season. So uh, I, I don't want to do that. But again, the reason I picked this is, you know, Americans, we're used to superheroes, and that's an easy segue to, you know, to sell it to somebody. I think we can uh, cycle back to Rachel for her second pick. My second pick is something a little of a different genre. I want to make sure I found something that um, is a little more girl-friendly, but also couple-friendly. Or, or, I mean, Matt likes this one, too, so, you know, here's a guy that likes it. Uh, we didn't watch this together back in the day, but uh, it's something we would watch together now if we uh, if we did, and it's called Oren High School Host Club. <laughs> and it's currently available on both Netflix and Hulu. I can say that for sure. Uh, I can't vouch for the dub on this one. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't seen it dubbed. I haven't tried so i can't vouch for that but uh i do know that the subtitled version is fantastic and i will say that it's definitely a more of a rom-com uh and in not really a similar theme of gender bending comedy like rama one half basically first of all i need to explain what a host club is before i go anywhere else a host club is something that um Japan has quite a lot of. Um, basically, um, it's kind of like a cafe where you go and everyone's. There's usually a theme. Usually, it's automatically like butler themed as a default. But you can go to like a maid host club or uh, uh, let's see, trying to think of another one. Butler's the most common one, so let's just stick with that. I think I've seen princes too. Guys dressed up like princes. I've and you seen. Go there and, I've, I've seen ones where they're dressed as cats. Okay, yes, 
yeah, like that, for example. Anyway, this high school has a club, and it's a host club. And it's a whole bunch of guys who, and there's a guy for every type that a woman might be interested in. There's, you know, the smart guy, the the flirtatious guy, the a younger guy who acts more like a kid to kind of get that, not the, I don't want to use the word fetish, but... Mm, Fetish. Work. <laughs> I mean, I suppose you could. Yeah, I suppose we could say that. It's all G-rated stuff, though. Mind PG-rated stuff, mind you. But anyway, the host club uh, finds a new student who knocks over an incredibly expensive vase. Now, the student is not rich. This is a school for rich people. The school. This the student's not rich, and he knocks over a vase. And it's worth a lot of money. And the host club says, if you work for us, we'll we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of that for you. So he starts working for them. And by the end of the first episode, you find out it's not a guy. It's a girl who really looks like a guy and is wearing the guy's uniform. And so they freak out and say, we can't have a girl in our host club. And so she continues to cross-dress as a man, a boy, and work for the host club. And it's wacky, wacky uh, rom-com style uh, uh, shenanigans that go on. Uh, I believe this one's either only 24 or 26 episodes. It does have a satisfying conclusion. Um, there's like little episode arcs, and there's also little standalone episodes. Um, nothing really serious. I mean, of course, there's serious moments, but mostly it's just just a lot of fun. Uh, bright colors, uh, well animated, uh, good music. It's just a generally fun show. It's more lighthearted. It's not, I mean, you could binge it if you want to, but if you also just want to, it's one of those shows you could just, you know, take a little bites of every couple of days, watch a couple of episodes. Uh, I really recommend this for, I really strongly, most strongly recommend this for, if you're a guy and you're trying to get your girlfriend to watch anime, this is definitely a good one to start with. Um, you know, uh, couples can watch it together because it's, it's, it's just fun and interesting and, you know, uh, like I said, even Matt liked it, so uh, it's not specifically targeted toward toward guys. It's more of a you know for all. Uh, I wouldn't say young kids would really understand it, but there's nothing really mature, like really mature in there. So I would say it's probably PG or PG-13 at best. Uh, Rachel, which uh, dub do you recommend on this one? Because I haven't watched it either. I have never watched it dubbed. I so, can't speak dub. I I'm a big I'm a big purist. I prefer to watch things subtitled when I can, but some people don't read read fast enough. I totally get that. Uh, I would say, I, knowing the voice actors that are in it, I believe it's a decent quality um, dub, but I I can't vouch for it. Okay. All right, we are. Uh, I'm a little biased on this, but I this is actually my favorite anime. Period. I. Growing up, watched some anime, and then I kind of got out of it for a while, and this is the one that sucked me back in hard and fast. It is called Full Metal Panic. Not to be confused with Full Metal Alchemist. Full, uh, Full Metal Panic is a high school, military, mecha, sci-fi, action, drama, comedy, and there's vague hints of romance. I, 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 I like things that tend to be a little out there and and funny with some action. So it is it uh it came out oh god 
2001, right? Two thousand right two thousand two. Two thousand two, it came out. Oh, came it came out. Are you are you absolutely sure? Because I know I, I, I know looked Sep- it up. Okay, I know September 11th messed with that for a bit. I know it yeah. was right after September 11th. They they actually were going to put it on the air. They were going to air the first episode on September 12th, 2001, and the one of the uh, early episodes deals with the hijacking of an aircraft. By terrorists. So they delayed the show for a year to be culturally sensitive to the United States, even though this was for the original release only in Japan. It actually didn't come to the U.S. till 2003. It started out as a series of uh, novels, actually, uh, that... The first one came out in 98, and then the novels were made into manga, and then the manga was made into the show. So it's got a, it's got a few different uh, forms there. But it's about a uh, 16-year-old uh, boy named uh, Sagarasuosuke, who is a member of a uh, covert private military organization that specializes in counterterrorism, assisting governments that can't handle the terrorist threats. And he's 16. He's Japanese, and he grew up in Afghanistan. They they actually had to change the name from Afghanistan to the fictional Helmajistan because you know before it came before it came out on TV, we kind of invaded Afghanistan and it got awkward. But basically, as a child. He was living with his parents in Afghanistan who were missionaries. His parents were killed, and he was raised by mercenaries. And the show is partly him actually stopping terrorists using a mecca, and partially him trying to blend in in a high school, because there's the reason he's at the high school is to protect one of the students who's being targeted by terrorists for reasons I won't go into. They get explained later in the show. I I consider it one of the great anime, and there's currently uh, three seasons out, and each season actually has a different name. So the first season is just called Full Metal Panic. I think it's like 12 or 13 episodes. Uh, 24. It is 24? Yeah, that's the full 24. That's the longest one. Okay. So that runs the 24 episodes. Then there was a sequel to it called Full Metal Panic Fumofu, which they made it as the show to be after, and they had to kind of rewrite it a little to do that, because what it actually was is it was stories from the original manga that were deemed too silly to be in the show. <laughs> so there, there is like some serious absurdity. And when I say absurdity, I'm talking like weaponizing theme park mascot costumes. What was, think, what was that thing called? Boltacoon or something like that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it, it, it was the vaguely bear-like mascot of a theme park, and he turned the costume into a power suit. I love that green hat. Oh yeah, the, the green the green hat pulls the whole ensemble together. <laughs> that uh, shot. You know, the 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 Fumafu episode that I remember, and it's only vaguely because it's been several years since I've watched it. I think they were out in the woods or hiking or doing a class project in the mountains, and I think Sonosuke 
ended up basically capturing everybody, like like yes. they were. Yeah. So he captured everyone. Yes, yeah, so that one was Jimmy heroes. Has, he's been doing military training his entire life, <laughs> and everyone else is sixteen. I don't think there was a mech suit in that entire version of the show, was there? He didn't need it. No. <laughs> no, he didn't need it. He usually doesn't need it, but he uses it anyway. Then the third series, uh, the third season, is called The Second Raid. And it happens almost entirely in Hong Kong. And it, it's really dark, really to the point, And it's only like 12, 13 episodes. It's like the creme de la creme. It's yeah. absolutely gorgeously animated for its time. It was one of the first uh, uh, shows uh, Kyoto Animation ever did before they changed their genre away from that. Uh, there's actually, I want to mention that there's a fourth season that will isn't hasn't even aired yet. It's supposed to air next spring uh, called Invisible Victory, so that the IV looks like four in Roman numerals. <laughs> Uh, and it, it's because it, the the original show Fumofu and Second Raid themselves only covered approximately the first quarter to one third of the light novels they're based on. So Invisible Victory is supposed to cover everything else that we missed. Do you know so, where that's going to? Is it going to stream when that comes out? The fourth. I, uh, we do not know. Well, it's going to come out in Japan in the spring. It's going to be. On I TV. I assume it might be a simulcast, but I do not know. Okay. Uh, I'm Matt, excited. <laughs> did did you uh, did you list where this thing streamed for Josh? Was it on Hulu? All of my recommendations are available on Hulu. There are literally two things, to my knowledge, that have the word Full Metal in it. Full Metal Panic is Full Metal two words. It's supposed to be based off the phrase Full Metal Jacket plus Panic, as in wacky hijinks. Full Metal Alchemist is Full Metal one word, because... The main character is an alchemist referred to as full metal because two of his limbs are not real limbs. They're made out of metal. Uh, I've, so uh, it I've happened, got... we just happened to mention two things with similar names that have nothing to do with one another as a giant fluke. Well, there, there, uh, here's full the, metal here's... panic is... The name is an homage to Cooper. There's actually an episode in Fumofu that's a uh, giant... Uh, one sequence in one of the episodes is them at drill, a fake, a fake drill, and I believe that's got quite a bit of. Uh, a lot of it is actually taken from. Yeah, um, yeah. a lot of it's straight out of it. There's. Yeah, I've seen I've seen Full Metal Jacket, and it's very Full Metal Jacket e in that moment. It's pretty great, actually. Yeah. I have one more instance of that term being used. Uh, there's a manga called All You Need Is Kill, which is based off of a light novel. Which uh, you'll know it as they made an American version of this movie with Tom Cruise called Edge of Tomorrow. Live, die, repeat. Uh, what was the lead female actor in that movie, guys? I can't remember off the top of my head. I haven't seen it. I wouldn't know. Okay, well, the, the lead female's, her nickname was Full Metal Bitch. So that was uh, another instance, because it's the same in the manga of Japanese using the term full metal. Apparently that uh, Western influence is very prevalent over there. Apparently. Yes. Yeah, uh, trust me. It is. I've, I've written papers on that. The, the woman's name is Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. That's it. I yes. Thought you should know they're making a sequel right now, by the way. Yeah, I heard. Uh, 
Uh, I think it's going to be called Live, Die, Repeat Again or some nonsense. I don't know. Anyway. I I do want to go ahead and throw in here that uh, I'm the one who introduced Matt to Full Metal Panic. Uh, My friends bought it. Yeah. My friends bought it on DVD. I watched it. I went to Matt and said, Matt, you have to see this. Sosuke's way too much like you. That is not a compliment, by the way. (laughs) 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 It's not a compliment. And she showed this to me right before I uh, left for basic, by the way. So it was great. Uh, It was it was it was a good time. It's one of the first it's one of the one things uh, Matt bought with his money uh, in basic was deep more uh, metal panic DVDs. Uh, I. It's also I'm also biased. It's also one of my favorite shows. I have a ton of favorites though, uh, but Second Raid is it has a special place in my heart. The, I like I like them all. Fumofu's great for humor. The first one's great to get you into it, and then Second Raid is just the yeah. the cream of the crop. Yeah, for for me, Full Metal Panic stands alone at the top. Just hands down, it stands alone at the top. Yes, uh, my second choice, and this will finish up our second round. Uh, I, it, it is on the top of so, so many lists of the greatest anime of all time, and it might possibly be my favorite of all time. And so, yes, I'm incredibly biased, but I also have honest uh, beliefs about this as well. Cowboy Bebop is, without a doubt, one of the best shows I've ever seen, and I'm not just talking about in anime. I have loved this show since... Uh, 16 for 16 years since i saw it in 2001 i've watched this uh, show through probably seven or eight times at least and then uh seen various episodes here and there more times than that uh it is a 26 episode and one movie but the movie's not uh essential viewing if you don't want to watch it uh show that is set in the distant future of air quotation marks 2077 uh, this is a futuristic world where, uh, you know, mankind has kind of branched out to the stars. Uh, people live like on Saturn and Mars and, uh, you know, various other planets and space stations between. And uh, the story follows a, a small group of characters uh, that you get, you know, kind of slowly introduced to over the first, you know, 10 or 15 episodes. Uh, and they're bounty hunters by trade. So. The, the, the show tends to be very episodic, or I would almost say almost like a miniature movie in most cases. They tell self-contained stories where the, the crew, uh, main character's name is Spike, and uh, just, you know, on a tangent here, Spike is like the coolest mix of like, you know, the, the laid-back seeming style of like Keanu Reeves from the 90s, then mix in Bruce Lee's martial arts prowess. So if you put those two together, because he even fights very similar to Bruce Lee, uh, that's pretty cool. So they they go on, you know, various, uh, you know, most times comedic or sometimes very serious uh, bounty hunts where they they're just trying to get through and scrape by and get enough to, you know, keep on living and keep doing what they're doing uh, without giving away too many of the finer plot points, uh, you know, that. Like I said, it's very episodic, but throughout the series of 26 episodes, there is a light overarching story where it touches upon it in the, the uh, beginning and then a little bit towards the middle and a little towards the end, discussing Spike, the main protagonist's uh, backstory. Uh, and I'm not going to give any of that away here, but it ties it together nicely at the end. 
of the of the run, and it gives a very satisfying and or to some people very uh, rage inducing ending. But <laughs> anyway, uh, a good ending though. It was a, it's, it's a great I, show. I love the ending. Uh, a lot of people are, you know, a lot of people want a very happy ending, and I'm not saying it's a sad ending. It's not, but they want, you know, the stereotypical ending, and this isn't quite that. And they had a lot of guts in what they did, you know, at the end of the story. Um, something that needs to be said about this, uh, just like a lot of what we've referenced uh, tonight, this was, you know made in the 1990s it came out in 1998 so this was uh made before using computers for this kind of animation was commonplace and and the animation holds up to this day i watched four episodes before we recorded the podcast just today the the animation looks beautiful still the action is great the i mean and the voice acting and this is the instance where i will say this and the the actual creator of the series has said this that the english dub is the best dub for this show this is available on hulu and crunchyroll and i think it was on netflix at one point or another but i think it's been removed but uh, the voice cast is phenomenal. Uh, Steve Bloom plays Spike Spiegel, and he is one of my favorite uh, American voice actors, you know, still working today. And uh, I just I can't sing the praises of this show <laughs> enough. It is it is so well done, and you, you you grow such an attachment for these characters, even though you only learn you know little sprinklings of their history and their pasts. It, it will go from one episode being an absurd comedy where they accidentally ingest uh, hallucinogenic mushrooms to another episode where it's deadly serious. And you know the comedy's there in in little little bursts, but it's 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 dark and it's edgy and it's it's really tension packed. Uh, I think probably the entire panel has seen this film, with the exception of or show, with the exception of you. And I mean, I would invite both of the rest of the panel to, to you know, kind of give their thoughts on it as well. I also want to go ahead and mention it's got one of the best soundtracks ever. Oh, my God. And, the, and um, that, oh, my God. Because it's like, I, I, I would, I would kind of characterize the style of the show as somewhat of a Western sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Not unlike Firefly in a way. Um, also, the, but the soundtrack is jazz. I mean, jazz, jazz, and more jazz. And it's good jazz, too. Yes. It's, uh, Yoko Kano is mm -hmm. one of the better, uh, one of my favorite anime composers, and she's just absolutely, from, from the opening sequence on, it's just, it's a ride. To, to kind of, Kurt, uh, you know, go along with this, what they're saying, not only is the music beautiful, it, they use it within the show to great effect to heighten everything that's happening in the show, whether it's a comedic scene or an action or a melancholy scene, it is implemented so well. One of the episodes I watched right before this podcast was, uh, I think it's episode three or four, Ballad of Fallen Angels. It's one of my favorite episodes of any show ever. And the music playing up as Spike is going into this cathedral to confront an enemy gives me goosebumps every time I watch it. It's very cinematic. And and you said earlier it's like little self-contained stories. It's it's little mini story arcs with a, a more branching story arc of Spike's past and future. Mm -hmm. um, but it's very it's very film noir, jazz, blues with a sort of 
you know, Western cowboy sci-fi. And then they, th- then they throw in little sprinklings of, like, the movie Alien, uh, the episode where the thing came out of the refrigerator, if you remember yeah. that. And then, yeah, yeah. It's been and, a long time since I've seen it, but I, I remember watching this show. It was, and, it's one of my favorite. And, it's also one of my favorite gateway anime. My yeah. mom watched it, and she, it was one of her favorite starter anime. I was yeah. lucky enough uh, to meet the creator of this show, Shinichiro Watanabe, last year at the anime convention in Raleigh. I got him to sign my complete series of the show. I'm very happy. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> and one of the one of the best characters, well, my favorite character anyway, Radical is Edward. one of the main characters is Ein. Oh, Ein is fantastic. <laughs> the, the the Pembroke Welsh Corgi who plays Shogi. Come on. Well, uh, Shogi is uh, like Japanese, Japanese chess. It's a Japanese analog to chess. Yeah. So it, it's a dog that plays chess, effectively. Uh, Josh, uh, and, and we didn't even really touch on the fact that you know there are ship-to-ship battles within the show that are are really well done, uh, and everything else. As a sci-fi person, I know that there's a lot here for you to appreciate, and I think this appeals to a wide audience. The characters sell this show, and and, and the the you know, the fact that the story is also good with it is, it, you know, it just makes it all the better. Yeah. I think all us, all three of us anime people have seen this show, and we can all recommend this show. It, it is listed on, you know, so many, you know, countdowns as the greatest of all time or one of the greatest of all time. And there's a reason for that. It it sticks with you through the years. And, you know, as a kid, you might, you know, not appreciate some of the uh, heavier themes. But if you go back and watch it, because I started when I was, you know, a teenager. When you go back and watch it now, some of the uh, deeper themes of, you know, Spike's past and their, uh, you know, Jet's loneliness and, and you know, Faye's, you know, lost past and all this, that, and the other. It is is just, is such a great program. I do want to mention that I believe this is the only show we're mentioning to. The- they, that did air on the Adult Swim Toonami block uh, back in the day. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, yeah, it did. It did air for a time. I believe they had to well, edit the, it slightly. Uh, there's yeah. nothing. There's nothing really mature. None of, none of the shows we've mentioned uh, have any any sex scenes or anything like that. There is some violence, of course. Well, but you know, if you remember the two part episode, the two parter uh, Jupiter Jazz, where there was that guy who was a. Uh, a soldier, and they had experimented on him. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm trying not to give it away, but yeah, yeah. I think you know where I'm going with it. I think that was pretty edited as well. But yeah. uh, there's some minor edits, but yeah, back in the day, it was one of the more uh, one of the more broad appeal ones that they aired on Toonami. It was a big deal that they got rights to it at the time. There are two anime that I would say directly influenced Firefly, which is many of our one of our favorite you know sci-fi programs i would say that this did it and almost to a higher extent and you guys can contradict me if you think i'm wrong if you've seen the show outlaw star yeah i'm familiar i'm somewhat familiar i think outlaw star i think joss whedon was directly influenced by outlaw star and cowboy bebop when he made that show even if he didn't know it he he definitely was definitely they definitely have some shades to it yep so and and Josh, I can't oversell this. I don't think it is to me. It is that good. Uh, if it, you if you most of these shows, you can watch four episodes and you either love it or you don't. 
I mean, precisely. That, that's like an hour and a half commitment tops. Okay. Uh, we're going to have one more round where we're going to, uh, each of the panelists, uh, recommend one that is completely family or specifically kid-friendly. Uh, something we believe that is just not in any way really offensive or edgy or, you know, over the top. So, Rachel, we're going to let you start. Okay. I'm going to mention Ponyo, which, of course... Uh, Josh already jumped the gun on, kidding. Uh, (laughs) uh, Ponyo is from Studio Ghibli. Uh, It's another Hayao Miyazaki film. Uh, Pretty much I'll recommend almost almost every Hayao Miyazaki film is is kid-friendly. I believe Princess Mononoke is definitely not, uh, and Nausicaa Valley of the Wind maybe, but the rest of them are all kid-friendly. and I can't speak to the dub for this one, although it did get a Disney uh, dub cast, so apparently it was a very well done dub. But um, basically, it's Hayao Miyazaki's take on The Little Mermaid. So I don't really have to go into too much detail. It's a little quir- it's a little quirkier, a little stranger, but the animation's gorgeous. It's not really deep or. Man- maybe, you know, really dramatic or anything. It's more of a lighthearted story. And it's just beautiful. It's just, even if you, it's one of the things I think if an adult watched it with their kid, the adult wouldn't be completely bored out of their mind. Yeah, I will mention that for the English dub, you've got uh, among the cast, Matt Damon, Tina Fey, Kate Blanchett, Liam Neeson, Betty White. That's enough, honestly. Betty uh, White's enough. I mean, yeah, yeah that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. You had any of us at Betty White, but yeah. <laughs> if she gets an anime, I'll watch it weekly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, could you imagine? I'll watch pretty much anything with Betty White. Well, you, you know what? An anime Golden Girl. That's what oh I was God. about to say. I know. <laughs> and then wow. they turn into elderly magical schoolgirls. It'd be fantastic. Oh God. Oh. Hey. Hey, when when she was a young woman, Betty White was a stunner. Yes, she was. Yeah, anyway, it has a fantastic. Disney does a very good job with all of their dubs for uh, for uh, Studio Ghibli movies. I will say that. I, uh, I, I I again prefer to watch things in the original Japanese, but that's just that's just a personal preference, and there's nothing wrong with watching a dub. Um, well, so back in the back in the nineties <laughs> and early two thousands, that's all some of us had. Uh. I would pay extra for the VHS tape back in the day when you had back in the '90s. If you wanted a uh, subtitled version of a sh- of a tape of a VHS tape, you had to pay an extra five dollars, and I would pay the extra five dollars for everything. And, and also, how many episodes were on each VHS? Like three. three. <laughs> if you're lucky, plus yeah. they were hard subbed. You know, you couldn't take the subtitles off like we can with the DVD. So, oh my lord, I paid so much money. Oh my goodness. But and, you don't do that anymore. We're, we're talking like forty, fifty dollars per VHS tape. And that anime was ridiculous back in the day, and yeah. it was it was doubly insulting. Like back when I was watching, you know, I still watch Dragon Ball Z, but you know, when some of the movies came out and they didn't make it to you know TV or anything yet, and you didn't know what they were like, I probably spent forty or fifty bucks on like Super Android thirteen, which is like one of the worst. Movies oh, yeah. that they've done, and I'm, I, I was like, ah, oh, I, I felt violated. And even if there was streaming available, or even if you wanted to be, you know, doing illegal, you couldn't download anything with your 28 8K connection. <laughs> no. So you had to just. Pass I think the tapes we're, we're all just like carbon dating the hell out of ourselves. Uh, right oh now. yeah, 
Well, it's uh, true. T- Okay, and I'll say this, you know, I, I had had exposure to anime beforehand, but for, for my age, gra- age group, Toonami was a godsend. When I got to watch Roroni Kenshin and Dragon Ball Z, Yu Yu Hakusho and, you know, Tenchi Muyo and Gundam Wing and all of these things, I would rush home from school to do this every day. And now it's just, I bring up my web browser and oh look mm-hmm. crunchyroll has 150 episodes right there let's go yeah roku is uh, roku and, and streaming service are godsend i didn't have cable as a child so i had a friend tape gundam wing for me and i think he took out the commercial i don't remember if he couldn't remember if he turned out the commercials but so he gave me this stack of vhs tapes and i'd watch it and i'd give it back to him for and, for anybody that cares gundam wing is on hulu in entirety as well in, I know I can watch in the original Japanese now. I'm so shocked. Well, I know what I'm doing this weekend. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's only that's amazing. 54 episodes or so. Oh, and like, don't forget Endless Waltz. Oh man, I love Endless Waltz. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're 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 getting off topic okay, again. Okay, so, so Ponyo Ponyo is great. That, yeah, that's, I'm stopping there. <laughs> okay, uh, Matt, what is your kid-friendly recommendation? Well, I'm generally not the best judge of things being kid-friendly. So, I'm going to go with... Berserk. The... <laughs> yeah, he's not even kid-friendly. Come on. Yeah, I'm not kid-friendly. Um, so, I am going to go with, actually, the anime that started it all for me. For the first time around. The first anime I ever saw. Back in the 90s. On network television. I didn't have that fancy cable stuff. This was on network television... Saturday mornings, my brother would wake me up at 6 in the morning, we'd make breakfast, we'd sit in front of our 13-inch TV, and we would watch Pokemon. Gotta catch them all. It was a lot easier when there was only 150. That is also true. This, I think, may actually be the perfect gateway anime. Not a perfect anime, but a perfect (laughs) gateway anime. When I I was growing up watching this, people didn't know the word anime. We didn't even know the show was Japanese. We had no clue. It was just another cartoon to us. We had absolutely no idea it had a different country of origin. For all we know, they made it in, like, Ohio or something. We had no clue. But the dub is a lot more kid-friendly than the sub. No crap. (laughs) There are episodes of that show you can't even watch. Yeah, I will I will interject for just a moment. What the Japanese think is appropriate for children is a little different from what we think is appropriate for children. They tend they, they tend to have somewhat more risque humor and, and kind of not not like, you know, full-blown excessive violence or full-blown sexual content or anything to that degree, but they'll push the envelope a little bit more than when than we will. So there's actually been a few episodes of Pokémon that were banned for various uh oh like the, reasons. Like the swimsuit competition episode where James enters it, and they never actually explain where he suddenly got double deep breasts from. It was an inflatable suit. They popped. It was? Oh. Yeah. There was, he had a, there was a button he could press to inflate the breast to a comical level, even for a cartoon, because he was trying to show up as a female friend. It was odd. <laughs> it was odd. Let's just leave it at that. 
We all did a lot of things in college we shouldn't discuss. Yeah, this shouldn't be made for for children, that's for sure. Moving on. <laughs> but the, the, the great thing with Pokemon is, is it is pretty formulaic, and the main character never ages, and I'm pretty sure the show is still going, and he's still never actually won any of the regional championships. Nope, he has not. It's like a perpetual loser, but hey, at least he'll never, at least he'll never have to deal with puberty. He also never catches them all. No, he doesn't. Hell, he lets half of them go. He catches maybe ten percent overall. <laughs> Basically, yeah. But yes, I, I, I would, I, I would definitely uh, recommend the dub for children. The, and and you know some and of our younger, parents. some of our younger uh, listeners might not understand. Back in the late 90s, this was a cultural phenomenon. I mean, the entire franchise, the anime, the games. It was banned from my school. Me too, I think. Right alongside Pogs. Oh, man. We really are (laughs) dating ourselves here. Um, Hey, you guys remember those slap bracelets? What about moon shoes? What about moon shoes and slinkies? (laughs) Anyway. The, the, The coolest thing that I ever did in middle school was showing up showing up with a brand new pog slammer that was solid metal and had spikes on the on the edge <laughs> that got confiscated so fast mm-hmm. oh, he came into they, they threatened to suspend me over don't he, make me regret marrying you dude he came into school with that sam jackson wallet from pulp fiction <laughs> oh I, I will never be that okay um, I guess I will go with my last recommendation. Uh, my kid-friendly recommendation is also from Studio Ghibli. Uh, this movie originally came out in 1989 in Japan, but I didn't see it till the mid to late 90s. I saw the English uh, Disney dub of Kiki's Delivery Service. Um, you know, I've watched the film several times. I watched it on the Disney Channel a few times. I own the DVD. I've watched it a few more times. The the thing that impressed me the most, and this is not a negative criticism when I say this, is that it is completely, to me, without conflict. When I say that, I mean there's no antagonist. Not not really. It's 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 a story about a little girl, and in this world, uh, you know, there's witches, and that's commonplace. She's a witch, and when a witch turns a certain age, maybe twelve or thirteen, I can't remember what it was exactly. They go out into the world and try to make their own way. They try to, you know, be like the, the, the village's apothecary or whatever. So she goes off on this journey to a new town by the sea, and uh, she she tries to, you know, figure out what her calling is and ends up running a delivery service. Well, I mean, she's got a broom and she can fly, and this is set in like a, you know, maybe a, what would you say, Rachel, like 1920s? style place with the old throwback automobiles or would you say well, well they're they haven't yet learned how to fly they're trying to get uh planes to work so i'd say maybe late 1800s okay well the 1800s it's a very european fantasy coming of age story type. Of yes so and then she she goes off and she's you know no airplanes as she just said well yeah wasn't there a, a dirigible though wasn't that like the uh, climax didn't she save the little boy from the uh the airship Lordy, it's been so long since I've I, I, I think, but that's that's non-consequential to what I'm saying. Anyway, uh, so she sets up shop and she starts providing a delivery service for the town. And uh, you know, there's not a, a you know a terrible amount to the story, but it's told well. 
And it's like a little coming-of-age story. And as with any Studio Ghibli film or any Hayao Miyazaki film, the animation is beautiful and it still holds up since 1989. The uh, the voice cast in the version that I have watched uh, has people like a young Kirsten Dunst in it. Uh, rest in peace, Phil Hartman was Gigi the Cat. Uh, and then, you know, if Josh was here, uh, Tress McNeil from, you know, Simpsons was also one of the voice actors had a great uh, a great cast for the English dub and that would be the version I recommend now unfortunately I don't know of a streaming service that uh, has this on their library but I purchased the DVD but uh, if you can watch it if you can afford to watch it it is family it's good family entertainment and uh, just a great movie all around I just is fantastic yeah, it's great. It is, it is It is. a great movie. And it's one of, it's actually, for whatever reason, it's my favorite Studio uh, Ghibli movie. Uh, and I like a lot. But for some reason, this just has that, that charming quality to it that a truly good children's movie has. So, some and, of the, go ahead. Yeah, and it's, I also want to mention, it's the last thing Phil Hartman did. Yes, and that's, rest in peace. Yeah. I, he, he was so good in that film with what he had. And uh, I, I particularly enjoy being at the conventions. Anytime I happen to see a cosplayer playing Kiki, I'm just like, oh, that's great. I love that. Yeah, it's it's a great movie. I, I, I believe I do own it on DVD. I actually think I own it on VHS somewhere. <laughs> I, I never owned that one on VHS. I did, however, have Pen- Princess Mononoke on VHS. I wore that thing out. Anyway, oh, yeah. do you think we can uh, wrap this up? So did we want to each pick one that we would say, if Josh is going to watch a few episodes from this, this should be the one. So, Rachel, what's your pick? Out of my picks or out of all of them? Uh, any of it, really. We we had a really great plethora of stuff. I'm, I'm going to give it to... Uh, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna make it a tie for for Cowboy Bebop and uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Okay, uh, Matt of the uh, of the choices listed, or maybe even something we haven't. Do you have one to recommend to Josh that he try to be the uh, audience perspective? If if I if I can only recommend one, it has, it has to be Full Metal Panic because honestly, if he doesn't watch it off of my recommendation, he'll probably never hear the name again. It, it didn't get exactly get huge in the state. Okay. Uh, and uh, I am going to stick with what I think is the best anime of all... Well, one of the best anime of all time. Josh, if you're going to watch one I recommend, it's got to be Cowboy Bebop. So uh, Rachel said Cowboy Bebop slash Full Metal Alchemist. Matt says uh, Full Metal Panic, and I say Cowboy Bebop. I think that about wraps it up, but for one piece of business, Matt... It's time to make some Gungans dead. Oh, man, and we've got anime people that we've just been rattling around in our heads, too. There's so many creative ways you could do that. Oh, yes. Well, you see, Char Jar was walking down the street, and he heard a loud thumping noise behind him, like a heavy object striking the ground. And he turned around too late and was stepped on by a giant rope. At the end of the day, he was pressure-washed off of its foot. But which 
Which mech suit? Which mech suit did the deed though? Lambda driver equipped mecha from Full Metal Panic, known as the Arm Slave. Jar Jar Death by Arm Slave. Specifically, generic Arm Slave or the Arbalist? Well, clearly the Arbalist. I couldn't okay. remember the name though. That's good. I got you covered. Yeah, yeah. it's the ARX7 Arbalest, which, by the way, has active camouflage. Nice. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode. I'm sorry that it ends abruptly and that you haven't heard me in a couple of minutes, but during the recording, my microphone decided to die a slow and painful death uh, so that I said literally nothing of its substance after the first 15 minutes. Uh, But I assure you that I was there talking to the other panelists and trying to add what little wisdom I could. Uh, But I did promise to be the guinea pig for watching the Gateway animes, and I will be watching them over the next few months and reporting back to you, our loyal listeners, as soon as possible. I want to thank Ed and Matt and Rachel for their amazing contributions to this episode. Their expertise is very welcome and obviously needed, since this is not one of my areas of expertise. Uh, But I do leave you with one final thought. I do like the way that Matt killed Jar Jar by mech suit, but I would have preferred if Jar Jar died by Gungan Wing. You heard me right. Gungan Wing. And with that horrible pun, the only pun of the entire episode, I bid you good night, and we will see you again next week in Big Nerdy Headquarters when we talk about films that should exist but don't yet. Good night, everybody.